Want to know more about cryptocurrency? Well, you're in the right place. This is Crypto Unplugged. A fact-based, straight-talking, no-nonsense look into the world of cryptocurrency. We discuss trading strategies and market advice, review up-and-coming projects, and more. And we've got years of experience and knowledge that can help new and seasoned investors become more confident and comfortable navigating the cryptocurrency landscape. Now, let's get to the podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Crypto. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Crypto Unplugged. Doc here as your host, and we are in episode 27, listeners. What's the title of this podcast episode? Are you a member of a crypto cult, tribalism in the crypto space? Now, listen, listeners, um, interesting subject, this one, tribalism. It has been discussed a number of times. We're all familiar with this concept of tribalism. And I personally, and some of you listeners, have heard me use the term crypto cult, cultism in this space. But before going on to the details and giving you my opinions related to uh, tribalism in the crypto space, I need to give you a bit of a backdrop related to why or what initiated thinking uh, when it comes to speaking about this particular topic. Now, listeners, it's no secret that I really love the TV show uh, American Horror Story. And um, I've seen the whole thing, uh, all of the seasons and all of the episodes a few times and rewatched them. And for those of you listeners who actually follow me on Instagram would know that I actually post some images from the show. Now, my Instagram account listeners doesn't really uh, have much uh, crypto content um, because it's more of something that I maybe randomly share some uh, sound bites from our podcast. But my Instagram is actually more about my random thoughts and uh, arts and, and my brain in a sense. So anyway, listeners, look, I was watching uh, season seven of American Horror Story. And I'm not going to give you any spoilers just in case you do want to watch this. And uh, American Horror Story season seven is actually co called Cult. So while I was watching this uh, season seven, you know, I was fascinated by this bizarre fictional representation or character played by uh, Evan Peters and the character is called uh, Kai Anderson. Um, and this person quickly became a leader of a cult. He organized a cult and he became the central leader of this uh, cult in this fictional world of American Horror Story Season 7. And he had many people who started to follow him doing gist of it without giving you any spoilers, unquestionable acts and following him, you know, to the T, loyally, without really, um, you know, questioning what this whole philosophy or what the objective is about or the styles and means and things like this. So while I was watching this, you know, it started getting me thinking about something. Now, listeners, look, I need to explain something. When I do watch uh, TV shows and uh, documentaries and movies, I have a mad habit. First of all, I need to watch a TV show with uh, subtitles. I don't know why, but I have to, okay, because I just need to read every single word that is spoken. Plus, on top of that, what I do do is uh, something quite strange. Uh, 
So I would pause at times uh, in an episode or you know a movie or something or even a documentary and if something sparks my interest I would have to pause the show and then you know look into what they're speaking about in a bit more detail so for example just imagine I'm watching something which is a medical drama and there's a scene of a patient being administered a certain drug so I would pause check on google and find out what exactly this drug does is it a real drug does it have an effect? What does it actually do? Um, things like this. So it's quite a strange habit and it can be annoying if anybody's actually watching a TV show, documentary or actually anything uh, with me. But anyway, so during this cult thing, it started getting me th- thinking about this personality, Kai Anderson. And, you know, these habits that I did mention to you about, you know, researching things while watching in the middle of an episode. Um, started getting me interested into actually looking up into cults a bit. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, there was one particular part when someone needed to leave a cult or whatever. And um, I came across an interesting article on WikiHow. And the interesting article is actually titled How to Leave a Cult. Now, I will get to the crypto part of this in a bit. But I'm just giving a bit of a context related to that. So, you know, there's steps in WikiHow, how to do anything, yeah? WikiHow to do anything, okay? So getting away, pack your things, step one. Step two, make a list of people who could actually help you. Step three, find a place to stay when you're leaving the cult, find an opportunity to get away, step four, and so on and so forth. And the reason why I actually looked into this is just my curiosity more than anything else. Not that I've been part of a cult, in a sense, and maybe we'll come and discuss that a bit later on, but definitely not part of a cult. Although in society, when we're growing up, peer pressure, groups, certain way of dressing, things like this, or certain thoughts, opinions, activism, it can actually be a bit cultish in a sense, because unification of a particular idea. And we'll get onto the definition in a bit. So then I started thinking about the whole crypto space. But before coming on to the crypto space, it's important for me to define exactly what I mean by cult. Now, when I term cult, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, okay? Tribalism is one word, and cultism is another word. But mostly, I'm using it here in this podcast to be synonymous with tribalism. But I actually do like to use cult in an extreme sense, um, you know, just out of cheekiness, you can say. But what is actually a cult? Now, I'm getting this definition from from Google, okay, they say, as humans, we are unified and we're social species, we know that. We need to engage with people, we need to interact with people, and it's our desire to unite behind common identity in thinking that reflects our hunter-gatherer past, yeah? This is one view. The interesting thing about this particular definition is um, usually when there's a common threat that comes from an external factor or someone encroaching into the hunter-gatherer's group, then obviously what would happen is the tribe or the people will gather together to dispel uh, the common enemy. And we see this, you know, when it comes to patriotism, we see it come to any particular 
um, unwanted encroacher or occupier or people who come to disrupt uh, a space in that sense. So, you know, this is actually similar tribalism, connections that we have with family members, tribe, nation, and also even association with uh, sports teams. Now, listeners, you all know that I'm a massive Liverpool fan, okay? But the point here with being Liverpool uh, a fan is I do understand that although Manchester United is actually the enemy, I'm not going to bicker around with fellow Liverpool supporters. And I actually understand that Manchester United, Chelsea, um, Man City, uh, Everton, they're actually important to the space, in a sense. Okay? So it's a slightly different patriotism or tribalism or supporting a football team, although it does have similar type of things uh, in that sense. Um, similar type of common bonds that people do unite when it comes to a common enemy. Now, I'm just giving my pers- perspective related to this. So coming on to crypto, it's also not surprising in the sense that this cultism or tribalism actually does exist in crypto. And sometimes it is really toxic, where these toxic traits are actually found in the space. So this is, you know, the idea of what we call tribalism. But because I'm using this podcast episode to talk about crypto cults, talking about synonymous uh, definition with tribalism, let me just mention what it says on Wikipedia related to cults. Now, I know this is not the most academic uh, definition, but let's look at this. It says in modern English, a cult is actually a social group that is defined by unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs and rituals. Or it has a common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. Goal, sorry. So there was going on to this American horror story um, episode or season seven, uh, titled "Cult," um, talking about the history of cults, and I started looking into this more as well. You know, religious cults we had uh, in the past, and they've existed everywhere. And for for example, started looking into Charles Manson, Marshall Applewhite. I think Marshall Applewhite was the Kool-Aid guy. uh, David Koresh, Jim Jones. And, you know, we started seeing a lot of people unifying on a personality, on idea, whether it's religious, spiritual, philosophical, rituals, or common interest, uh, or an object even. So this can be seen as something which is uh, cult, uh, what cult is defined. Now, giving an idea of what tribalism actually refers to when it comes to crypto, it's what we're talking about here is maximalism in a sense. So what is maximalism? If you think about it, listeners, just try to picture this. In your engagements with social media, people that you come across, people that you've spoken to in the crypto space, if someone is a maximalist, what is their attitude towards someone who is a non-maximalist or someone who's a maximalist from another chain or project or token? So usually, of course, um, tribalism does come and starts to kick in a lot where everybody starts to think, part of this um, holders of one particular token or coin, they start to see that their project 
is the project and everybody else's project does not deserve to actually exist. Now, this is actually a raw example, in a sense, and we see this too similar to Bitcoin maximalists. Now, listeners, I'm going to give you a lot of my opinions related to this, okay? And I'm going to give a conclusion of what I actually understand from this whole concept of tribalism, what my opinions are. Do I actually believe it's beneficial to the space? Do I believe it's harmful to the space? Is there a place for tribalism? Does tribe tribalism actually have any value uh, to this space? So, you know, from my experience, when we're looking at this type of issue, we see there's a lot of vilification related to uh, crypto um, tribalism. And obviously that stems from the concept of a person being a maximalist. This is in simplistic terms. So when we look at, you know, give a brief overview of what crypto cultism was about. Now, naturally, Bitcoin is the one. We know that. Then obviously we saw XRP, Ethereum, and others coming into the space, Monero, and a lot of other projects um, that had views related to um, how they believed that they could actually scale and be better than Bitcoin, or they actually thought that on one view, or they actually thought that they could um, contribute to the space. And you saw many projects that started to come about over the last two bull markets. And, um, and of, of course, the space has expanded to countless projects now um, related to that. So in the early days, we started having examples of tribalism coming about in crypto in the crypto space or cultism. And you get many people or terms or vernacular, you can say, um, that is exclusive to crypto. Um, or it's become part of uh, crypto counterculture, you know. And this one, listeners, you would know anybody who follows me on Twitter, that I actually have a problem with some of these. Uh, particularly the example that I'm about to give you first, which is the saying, have fun staying poor. To be honest with you, I completely dislike this. And I'm not sure who actually invented this. I do believe that um, there is some type of exclusivity in its use uh, related to a particular uh, influencer or someone who's been around in the space. And I'm no need for me to get into this. But that's just stupid, in my opinion. And it's quite horrible to use this type of uh, expression. Now, I'm not trying to be a holier-than-thou Okay, and I use that as a noun, that phrase, holier than thou. I'm not trying to be unholier than thou, but I do believe, for example, anybody who does say have staying have fun staying poor because uh, they did not invest in a certain project or they're not a maximalist in a certain um, technology, and they don't like, for example, uh, others' project. You don't wish them to stay poor. It's fucking ridiculous to be honest with you. And I have no time for these people. And I did mention this, I think, last year in a tweet, that anybody who says have fun staying poor is an insta-block for me and an insta-unfollow because I've got no time for these people. You don't wish uh, uh, misfortune on other people. It's my opinion, philosophically, that I just want everybody to progress and be happy and to maximize uh, whatever makes them happy, both internally and externally in terms of monetary wealth as well. So obviously you've got other vernacular that's come into the space 
you know, phrases and things like this, shitcoin, uh, nugmi, and <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this, but NGMI, not going to make it. And people vilifying Bitcoin maximalists on one side or on the other side, others are demonizing altcoin holders. It's a scam, toilet paper, shit paper, crap coin, you know, um, rug. So these are the type of common phrases that you get thrown around and it can become a bit nasty, you know. And I'm not trying to be all liberal in the sense, okay, and I don't like to use terms, but I'm just giving my own opinion related to this whole subject. But in technology, this, the technology in crypto is still, in my opinion, in its infancy. It's still developing. So even working projects may have a lot of issues related to scalability, delays, upgrading. So we, we need to be realistic in knowing we have a long way to go for certain projects um, that have shown promise to actually fully actualize but the reactions you get from, you know, people who are maximalists, okay, whether it's this army or that army, okay, or this community or that community, and I will try to discuss the difference between being part of a tribe or cult and a community. Um, I will discuss this a bit later on and give my insights uh, related to that. But it seems that people want to have or wish misfortune for others to fail or other projects to fail. And to be honest with you, I can't really understand why. You see, maybe I'm naive. I'm not sure. But I do believe if there is some type of promise uh, or if there's some type of awareness, then why would you wish any particular uh, misfortune to come on or to fall onto a project which you are not holding, okay? And I will discuss that too. But it's like, for example, the reactions, and this is really, uh, it can get a bit nasty sometimes. So a cult would say, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, they'll just react to this and you've got a lot of trolls and things like this. So the reactions are absolutely insane um, at times. Not all the time, but you do get occasions where it's like, you know, if something has failed or, you know, a particular personality, something is actually not progressing as it should or there's some scalability issues, then you get maxis from another uh, project or coin or token and it would react. It's like, you know, burn these charlatans, okay? Burn the witches at, at the stake because they have no place in, in, in this. And it's like you could see them with their evil smiles carrying their, you know, like, uh, what do you call these things? These things that they used to use uh, back in the days, carrying the flame, okay? And just, uh, you know, with an evil smile, just waiting, like I told you so. And you get debates like this related to proof of stake versus proof of work and this whole m massive debate that uh, occurs in this space, you know? that What's the debate related to these? And sometimes, like I mentioned, it can get a bit, um, nasty and salty in a sense but then again look looking at it from the flip side and I'm not sure um, if this is actually the case but I'm giving I'm actually visualizing something so obviously you've got people who are maxis when it comes to gold 
you've got people who are actually maxes when it comes to fiat or other assets and things like this and they do believe or let's call them no coiners yeah for argument's sake so it's like the whole community will be united against the no coiner okay he's a common foe is an enemy okay so let's all unite until we get rid of this uh, enemy because um, they absolutely know nothing you see so you know you've got various factions of all of different cults whether you're manson member or you know your marshall applewhite or david koresh or jim jones or you know whether you believe in satoshi whether you believe in charles hoskinson or whether you believe in you know um gavin wood or whoever okay so all of the factions would unite to get rid of this uh peter schiff for example okay now i'm just giving these examples for you know from a humorous perspective but the principle actually is the same you see so everybody would unite against a common enemy so this is similar to tribalism and at the moment we need to understand that we are actually living in a no coin world this is what we are because bitcoin is still in in its infancy and the reality is that we're talking about mass adoption of bitcoin and cryptocurrency we're still a very very long way away from this because this requires education and awareness and things like this for people to have actually an opinion related to crypto for them to adopt uh cryptocurrency so you know when we look at bitcoin we need to understand that uh bitcoin or other projects in cryptocurrency altcoins I'm not here to discuss the psychological aspects. It's not my field to discuss why people do this. All I can do is speak about my experience and my views and give you some opinionated insights to my observations related to the matters of cultism in crypto. Now, let's look at the concept of personality. Now, my opinion personally is that usually if any particular idea exists because of a personality, then sometimes the absence of the personality would actually destroy the idea and there's a lot of uh, views related to this okay and there's a lot of memes that go out on social media talking about these type of things and like we mentioned related to tribes you unify behind a tribal leader like a cult you unify behind the person who can say no wrong okay and um this is the concept of tribalism or or cultism in a sense and i'm not criticizing anybody who is a maximalist and i will discuss this a bit later on in this podcast episode but listeners sometimes what we happens is people who start to get into this tribalistic atmosphere first of all um what usually happens at an early stage is um there is a lack of independent thinking of in actual fact what the whole project or the technology is about so it's more imitation to a particular personality who has been around in the space and has massive influence and um and I could speak about the technology and can discuss this uh, and is quite eloquent in discussing these type of things and articulate uh, to discuss these type of things but looking at bitcoin and satoshi and I could remember this famous Arthur Hayes uh you know 
tweets or thread of t- tweets, which is quite amusing. Now, I have criticized Arthur Hayes in the past in some of my tweets during the Big Mix uh, scandal when, obviously, being young in this space, there's no harm in sometimes us making mistakes and things like this. I don't know the reality like I sh- should have known the reality, but sometimes we get interested in a lot of things and we jump on a bandwagon and things like this. But Arthur Hayes actually, you know, um, wrote a fantastic series of uh, tweets talking about the market, crypto market, and going below um, 20K. So what half Arthur Hayes actually mentioned in his series of tweets, yeah, in one of his tweets, he he, he said in this thread of tweets that was back in uh, um, last month, in the middle of last month, he, and I'm going to quote this tweet. He said, as far as the crypto charts go, you better get out your Lord Satoshi prayer book and hope the Lord shows kindness on your soul of the crypto markets. Because if these levels break, you might as well shut down your computer because your charts will be useless for a while. Now, why am I mentioning this? Okay, to be honest with you, I found that quite amusing because obviously it was a very sarcastic way of looking at um, people who are obviously um, religiously following uh, this concept. And whatever his intentions were, it's not my point. I'm just giving this example of the Lord Satoshi prayer book for purpose of illustrating okay, the sarcastic nature, which actually I found quite amusing, to be honest with you, um, related to um, how people can unify on uh, personalities. So just wanted to give you that example about personalities in that sense. But there is a difference between building a community and tribalism. And sometimes it can be a thin line in my perspectives, because if you look at, for example, people who have invested in certain projects and become part of a community, they've invested in the projects and they have they are part of the community, they have some type of vested interest in the project in a sense. And what happens is the community of a particular project, they start to build up with these names, which is common in the crypto space. Okay. Lunatics, for example. Okay. Now, there were a lot of lunatics around. And unfortunately, what happened to the whole space where Luna just completely crashed and just died. Um, I'm not sure what's going to actually happen to it. Uh, Luna 2.0, and obviously time will tell, but personally, I'm not investing in that. But obviously, Lunatics is an example. Then you've got, you know, uh, other communities that have named them, um, you know, Maniacs or whatever, or XRP Army. And obviously, community uh, moderators or community managers or the team behind certain projects in essence, even though it may not be intended, but it does create some type of tribalism because you go onto the Telegram groups and Twitter and things like this. And uh, a lot of people who have vested interest or have been early holders of a particular project, they would chill and become real hardcore, some uh, hardcore members of a tribe or a cult. And this is my these are my observations. So it leads to some type of toxicity in a sense. Maximalism. Now I'm not criticizing maximalism, but and I will go on to discuss why people actually are maximalists if I do have time. But what I do 
believe is that sometimes the community, if there is a particular project and that project gains momentum and you have this sense of belonging uh, because of whatever reasons, technology, finances, being an investor, and then naturally what happens is there are reactions from other ecosystems or projects that go against this, the common enemy, and then obviously the community members, whatever army or whatever lunatics or whatever they are, um, they would vilify each other based upon this type of uh, cultism. And I do believe that sometimes um, project uh, managers or founders, um, on occasions, I wouldn't say all, um, perhaps contribute to this tribalism. And we do believe, and it's become accepted that tribalism that does actually exist. And we do believe that sometimes tribalism, in a sense, or crypto-cultism, can be toxic to the space. So interestingly enough, uh, I was listening to a podcast episode on YouTube by Scott Melker. Um, it's a recent one, actually. Um, Scott Melker, he does the Wolf of All Streets uh, podcast. And the, the title of this podcast um, episode was Tribalism and Crypto, similar to this one. But he actually interviewed um, Charles Hoskinson, who is the founder, of course, of uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Ethereum, and then obviously went on to um, found uh, Cardano. So in this interview, you know, Scott was asking Charles about his experiences when it coming to this issue of crypto tribalism and, you know, what he's experienced in the past as well. So he mentioned, Charles Hoskinson mentioned that, you know, he's had on occasions toilet paper thrown at him during a Bitcoin conference uh, last year in 2021 and um, even called out while sitting at certain events or crypto events while sitting on one table hearing other people uh, shout at him or say to him, you're fucking scammer uh, and things like this. But then Charles actually mentioned there's this flip side that it's you know, you've got to take things, the good with the bad. On the flip side, he mentioned people actually getting tattoos of Cardano. Now, I'm not saying don't get a tattoo, that's your business, okay? And I'm not saying that if you get a tattoo related to anything, that you're a member of a cult. But the point is, there's two ways to look at this. So one is contributing to the space and the technology, but at the same time that sometimes communities in essence and some of the CEOs or founders, they could actually intentionally or unintentionally contribute to tribalism, even though, for example, they may criticize that. Now, I'm not saying that Charles Hoskinson um, was doing this, but it's just an interesting observation in a sense as well. So, I mean, last year as well, you know, coming on to the different types of projects, and listeners, you know that I've spoken about Pat parachains, Polkadot Kusama, uh, on many podcast episodes. And I'm not a maximalist in, in Polkadot or Kusama or the whole Dotsama ecospace, but of course I do like the project, projects and I still do hold uh, Polkadot and Kusama. But last year before the parachain auctions or during the parachain, parachain auctions, we saw an emergence on crypto Twitter that went absolutely nuts 
with the whole Dotsama uh, space and accounts really making a massive impact uh, and showing similar type of cultish traits like the other cults. Um, and there, there wasn't really much difference in behavior, you know. Some of it I couldn't actually tolerate, so I started to um, unfollow a lot of these. So, you know, look, I understand you believe in a project. I have no problems related to this. I believe in certain projects. And um, I don't think, for example, there is any problem with anybody actually talking about their project and advocating why the project is so good for the cryptocurrency space from a technology, from a tech perspective, and also from a monetary perspective as well. Um, but what I do have a problem with is sometimes the space can obviously become polluted with rug pulls and pump and dump shillers. And most of us are aware of, you know, um, Twitter sleuths, investigators looking into the pump and dump scammers or shillers or whatever you want to call them. Um, that's not my my business at the moment, but obviously you guys are aware of this. But my reaction towards this last year when it came to the whole um, polka dot space and you got many of the Dutsama community people really uh, speaking about uh, this um, the ecosystem of Kusama and uh, polka dot. And the behavior was very similar to other communities. I shouldn't even say communities because the whole purpose of this uh, podcast uh, episode is talking about tribalism and cultism. was very similar to others that you actually, or they may have criticized in the past. Now, my reaction is I started to unfollow them because, not because I wanted to disassociate myself from uh, crypto cults in a sense, because I didn't, I don't belong to a crypto cult. I've never been a maximalist in, of any kind, um, and I'll explain why. But I wanted to disassociate myself because I, I felt that I needed to be on my own island, and sometimes it's just clogging up my feed with just um, some irrational type of uh, uh, views that really, really benefit. I mean, of course, it is, if there's educational content related to any eco space, then I'm glad to. Um, to listen and to read and to research and to never stop learning. But sometimes some things that come on your Twitter feed, they're not really educational, it's just uh, shilling. So I need to disassociate myself from these crypto cults and the fanaticism that they used to practice. So what is maybe required is the need to have to, for things to calm down a bit. Because personally as well, that obviously I do advocate some type of previously uh, cash tags related to dot kasama and things like this but since then i thought there's no really need to use these type of cash tags as much um and i just wanted to be a bit independent and on my own island in that sense so you know giving the reality of what this whole space is about and how it's affected by uh crypto cults and the attitudes and what crypto cults are by definition and the observations that I've actually just highlighted and given you some listeners some insights related to that. You know, from my perspective, a lot of people have views which are based on many reasons and we can identify what these reasons are from my perspective. Firstly, why do people actually join crypto cults? So I've listed these down and I'll give you the first reason from my perspective. 
and my opinion. And obviously, listeners, this is just my opinion. This is what I actually have observed. So you can agree and disagree. It's not a big deal. But firstly, tribalism or cultism in crypto, primarily, in my opinion, comes from vested financial interests. So naturally, what happens is when any individual comes into a space, they invest in a particular project um, or a token coin or anything related to uh, this space, then perhaps it's something which is clear and unequivocal in a sense because you invest in something, so naturally you're going to believe in it. I don't know, but this is just my uh, personal opinion that people would believe in the project because they have vested financial interest related to that. So they would advocate why this technology is good. And the reasons for this, or the reasons for, for why this attitude exists, could number many, but I'm not here to discuss that. But I could say that, yeah, there's a lot of fundamental analysis research and they actually do believe in this. Or on the other hand, people may pretend to believe in it and they just have invested a lot of money and they've just fallen for a shell. One way or the other, the point is that this tribalism or crypto cultism, number one, from my perspective, exists because someone has a vested financial interest and they've they've actually invested in a project. Secondly is if you actually believe that this provides a real solution, to a current problem or project actually provides a a solution to a current problem, then it's like the concept of decentralization. I believe in decentralization. And I also believe in the idea of a decentralized world or decentralized identity. And I also look forward to moving away from, you know, this Web 2 world where everything is signed in and, you know, um, you have um, everything which is um, recorded at the behest of certain companies and they have your data and things like this, and to move on to a more decentralized web, Web3. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how it actually develops, in my opinion, and something that we will actually learn um, over time in due course. But I also like the idea of Web3, and I do believe that, obviously, from a, from a decentralized perspective of identity and anonymity, it will be something which would be actually good, uh, in a sense. Um, I'm not sure about the disadvantages related to Web3, and I don't think there are any that would uh, place Web2 above Web3 in that sense. This is my opinion. I also like the idea of Metaverse. The whole concept of play to earn in theory. Uh, and I also believe in this too, because I just do, do believe that uh, this has a, a space, uh, particularly for people who are earning um, uh, cryptocurrency uh, from in countries where um, it will be difficult to provide for families. And if they are gamers, then this actually can do something good for them and they can earn and make a living. And um, I do believe in this play-to-earn play uh, concept, um, in a sense, in theory, and the whole metaverse idea as well. But remember, this is in theory. Now, again, it's like Web3. We need to see how it actually develops, because what we need to realize is most of us have actually realized this more uh, recently since the crash. 
There are a lot of projects that claim to provide solutions uh, in this space. They don't actually have much substance uh, behind their projects. And a lot of them can be considered to be scams or they will die or they don't have the funding or liquidity or a lot of these type of issues that actually um, is an issue in this space. But we do expect it. And this is something that we um, have come to accept uh, because we do believe that the space is still in its infancy. So this is something that we, I do believe that there is a place for decentralization. And I do believe that projects um, that come into the space, um, decentralization, decentralized finance, Web3, metaverse, and so on and so forth, that um, there is a space for this technology to develop. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how these projects actually do develop and do they test, do they stand the test of time? Um, or are they smoking mirrors and some maybe just outright scams? I'm not mentioning any particular names or any particular projects. I'm just talking in general, general listeners about this whole thing. So that's the second point. The third point is also it's like to understand money. We need to understand fear. And if we believe that Bitcoin is an alternative to the current monetary system, both as a, as a currency, um, and obviously, look, Bitcoin has developed in terms of its scalability for to be used as a currency and transfer with the Lightning Network, but also not from a, a currency perspective, but also we know the value of Bitcoin and its code, uh, its technology, and the store of value that it has and um you know it being uh that people having control of their affairs is censorship uh resistant it can't be confiscated and this is something that we are all very very uh aware of and um something that most of us in the space actually do um understand that bitcoin is um the mothership in in a way um so yeah you know Vested interest, why people actually have these type of views, vested interest, believing in the technology, believing in Bitcoin, understanding that it is a, there's a uh, alternate, um, alternative to the current, uh, global, uh, monetary system. And Bitcoin is a possible, um, solution to uh, what we see and the shit show that we see around economically around the world. And people also go into projects because they're actually impressed with the founders of the project. Okay, so they're impressed with Charles Hoskinson, they're impressed with uh, uh, Gavin Wood, they're impressed with other personalities, uh, Do Kwan, okay, whatever reason, okay. And um, of course, obviously, there's a lot of FUD happened recently and justifiably so related to Do Kwan, but let me not digress. But yeah, so a lot of people are impressed with personalities. I'm not so sure about personalities related to that. Of course, when we're doing fundamental analysis and we invest in a, pers- a project, we need to see who is behind the project and um, and um, is it worth uh, your investment. But there's a difference between someone investing in a project and doing a fundamental analysis and someone actually just believing in a project because to be unified on a personality. And it's like, okay, um, Gavin Wood says this, though it's like gospel. Okay? This is what I have a problem with. Or Charles Hoskinson says something, so it's, you know, 
um, revelation in a sense. Okay, it's gospel. No, I don't really uh, subscribe to this type of uh, uh, mentality, and I believe this is actually damaging to the space. And I believe that people need to take responsibility in understanding what the project is about, rather than just uh, following a personality blindly. So. Personality leadership, in my opinion, if it's just based upon personality, is actually could be something which can be deemed to be weak, but rather it's important for someone to have independent thinking in a sense. So you know that's that's why people get into uh, different different projects and so on and so forth. And it's important for me to understand. Look, what is my take on all of this? So given the reality, just there in a number of points, but. I think, related to cryptocurrency and this whole concept of tribalism and cultism, that first and foremost, from my perspective, and this is my these these are my views, it's about me personally securing my interests. Okay, now many of us have come from different backgrounds. We've gone through a lot of personal journeys. We've been through revivals, awakenings. You know. Um, journey to being authentic to ourselves and so on and so forth and you know coming on to growing through the decades and learning and you know previously being an activist in a previous life I suppose it's been a bit of a crazy journey in life and I believe that cultism has no space in any sense in any part of life so by greater reason, when it comes to uh, the crypto space, I don't believe that it should exist in a way. And I believe it's actually damaging in a way. Look, I value my personal and financial freedom. And I believe that if anybody does not think independently, then it could be damaging for them from a financial perspective. So I wouldn't actually become part or be a maximalist in a sense if it was going to take away from my objective and my goal of securing financial freedom. Now, listeners, me personally losing seven figures in the space of a few months is not really a pleasant experience. So it's about securing that first. And a lot of us have lost more, and a lot of us have lost in that range or less. But it's not fun in that, in that, in that way. So um, it requires a lot of reflection. Now, about decentralization as well, as a second point, as I mentioned earlier, just to conclude my views related to this. I do believe in decentralization, but I'm not going to delude myself and lie to myself that I'm in this space for the reason of establishing a decentralized world. You may be listeners, and I applaud you for that. Okay? I have no problem with that. And if you want to do this and you believe in this, then... I wish you all of the best, all the best, sorry, uh, when it comes to uh, establishing a decentralized world or decentralization. I support the idea, but my focus should be on securing my financial freedom uh, first. And I believe I shouldn't mix up the values that I'm seeking because then I would lose focus. So primarily my objective is to understand and be real about it that I need to secure financial freedom. Now, what's my, what are my views on this issue of maximalism? Look, I understand and appreciate the sincere nature of all maximalists. And I do like real maximalists. I admire them. 
But I don't believe that the crypto space will disappear um, entirely and only Bitcoin would exist. I do believe that there is a space, there is a space for other projects as well. And I think Bitcoin is an independent case and the rest of the coins or projects could possibly be classified separately in that way. So maximalism in that sense, I'm not a maximalist because I don't believe that maximalism uh, entirely would lead to my personal goal, which is securing financial freedom, because it's just a matter of economics in that sense and gaining the most when it comes to a particular trading cycle or bull cycle. Now, also mass adoption. So people would, you know, this argument of crypto cultism, how does it actually, or maximalism, how does it contribute or does it actually um, affect uh, mass adoption? It's an interesting one, but again, in my opinion, uh, and this would happen in the in the space, more recently over the last year or so, a lot of people have actually come into the space and they, have, they are new to crypto because of trends that have come from NFTs or meme coins or metaverse or whatever. Now, they may have originally come into the space because of a an NFT JPEG about penguins, okay, or whatever, or meme coin about the latest Inu craze, or metaverse project as a pray-to-earn type of thing with gamers. Now, it can be argued that a lot of these projects have no inherent value, and you could say they're like dubious, or they have limited technology. At best, they can be described as that. And some of them are our scams. But if we're looking for mass adoption, is there really one method that gets us to mass adoption? Do we actually need to follow the path of maximalism in order for mass adoption to exist and to reach the promised land? I don't think so. I don't think it's about the method, and I'm more pragmatic in that way by understanding that we can all come into a space from a number of paths. But the point is that anybody who does come into the crypto space, NFTs, meme coins, metaverse, originally... They actually may have come because of a TikTok thing or whatever. But the point is that after some time in cases, and I'm speaking from an anecdotal perspective, that a lot of people could possibly come into more serious projects like Bitcoin or something massive as Bitcoin um, because they know the use of what a wallet is, a digital wallet, wallet a, um, an address, um, a ledger or whatever. So originally they may have come from a different path to how we have come into the crypto space by, you know, possibly investing in Bitcoin like I did first. Um, but they may have come in through a different trend or something that sparked the interest. They may have done it out of just fun. But the point is it led or sparked an interest in them to look into the space a bit more and to create a wallet and to get educated and to learn and to listen and to watch YouTube and go into Twitter and social media to listen to podcasts and things like this and to get into the whole crypto space, which does actually create awareness. And like I mentioned before, mass adoption cannot happen unless there is awareness for the crypto space. And whatever creates awareness 
it may be deemed to be positive or negative, there is some type of debate, and there may be there may there may be polarized views related to that. But it creates awareness, and then eventually this awareness, in my opinion, can lead to a, a adoption, and then possibly in the future we all hope that it leads to uh, mass adoption. So you know, it's like. I don't actually believe there is one exclusive method um, to get to mass adoption. I don't think so. And it's like, for example, many fans who are uh, fans of different things. We have our favorite food or favorite um, music or sports team, right? We may have come to support Liverpool, yeah, listeners, hopefully, because you may like, you know, uh, Steven Gerrard when you were young or uh, Mo Salah. Uh, when you were young, and then you started liking the player, and you adopted uh, supporting the team, whether Gerard was there or Salah was there. So we originally come to an idea, not because obviously we understood the history of Liverpool or whatever, and you shouldn't be a Liverpool supporter because you didn't come about it in the right way. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense uh, to think like that. So there is no one method to come. Now, interesting thing is when I did put a tweet out that I'll be discussing this uh, in this podcast episode about crypto cultism and tribalism. And I mentioned in my tweet about what um, my followers, what their opinions are, experiences related to this. And I had a few replies um, from this, um, from this tweet. And just looking at the tweet, um, Will, Will Matic, um, who's on Twitter, um, very interesting uh, discussion that he mentioned. And he quoted something, Will Matic, shout out to you, Will Matic, if you're listening. He mentioned about cultism being a catalyst to belong to a certain corner of crypto. And quoting Wilmatic in his tweet, he said, like the cool NFT quid kid, or, or the cool NFT kids, or the early crypto uh, adapters, who you create a space where you can be noticed and liked and make money and have inclusion. And then he mentioned the caste system of crypto bears a resemblance to our modern society, which is an interesting... Uh, thought in in that way um, to look into that so there was also another tweet that was mentioned here but I'm not going to look into that but yeah um, going on to this and another point before I just to finish off this podcast uh, to conclude this I do believe it is it is a thought that would lead to progress and there isn't anything wrong in following a thought that you believe in so maximalism, if you actually believe in the thought, then I support this. What I don't support, I support maximalism, maximalism to whoever wants to subscribe or be associated with Bitcoin maximalism. And I do respect that. What I don't like is the reactionary type of me- methodology or thinking where maximalism, maximalists um, demonize other projects. Because in my opinion, that stifles creativity or productivity in a sense. And again, in my opinion, to have such a dogmatic approach is actually counterproductive to the whole space, which is to create awareness and adoption. Look, it's impossible for anything to be adopted without people understanding what the idea is about. So if you're creating awareness by education as a means and to understand what this innovation is about or technology is about, then it leads to progress. But this crypto tribalism, in a way, is not something that I actually do think is helpful at all. 
An example of this mindset can be seen amongst uh, many uh, uh, maximalists. So having a dogmatic thinking, in my opinion, is not really helping the space. Why? Because, like I mentioned, this issue of um, awareness. But also, look, if there's this concept of multi-chains, and this was also mentioned in Scott Melker's podcast interview with uh, with uh, Charles Hoskinson, the founder of Cardano, uh, about multi-chains and the bridging between chains as well and the different ecosystems and the concept of interoperability. So I believe that the space is diverse. There's a lot to go and there's a lot to progress. And we need to be realistic and authentic to ourselves in understanding why um, you know we need to um, be a bit more open-minded when it comes to this and having the reaction to this. I'm not saying don't be a maximalist. This is not my view. It's important for me to point out that I don't think um, that maximalism is a bad thing. If it's your thing, it's your thing. Just like my thing is to look into securing my financial uh, freedom in, in a way. So, of course, usually what happens is when someone or the motivation of championing a particular chain and damning another one uh, is usually financial in a way. But it's important for me to point out that I don't think anyone who's serious actually believes that any altcoin can replace or is better than Bitcoin. I'm not sure if anybody actually does believe that because at the end of the day, there is Bitcoin and then there is everything else. And everything else still needs to be tested and proven over time. So listeners, to conclude the topic on crypto cults and tribalism in the space, I'm not a maximalist of any kind, and the objective for each and every single one of us in this space is different. We are in this space for different reasons, and there are common themes, yes. And it is important for me to sometimes try to balance, because not being open-minded and intolerant isn't going to really go anywhere. The point here for me uh, is to be objective. And my primary reason, like I mentioned, is I'm not a real maximal, maximalist or maxi of any kind because I'm just trying to be honest with myself. And I know I'm in this space fundamentally to seek my financial freedom. And I'm also realistic enough to understand that my views can change depending on achieving my primary goals. I mean, who knows? Perhaps one day, once I've achieved financial freedom, and I do have enough to actually not be distracted, then I may have a higher aim. And my purpose may be to change the world and believe that Bitcoin um, and to focus my energies on that. But honestly, I'm not there. I'm realistic to know that I'm not a crypto romantic. But who knows, like I said, one day I might even write a poem, an ode, an ode to Bitcoin, Ethereum or Polkadot. But listeners, thank you very much. Uh, for listening to this podcast episode and see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Crypto Unplugged. We hope you learned something from this episode. For more information, check us out on Twitter at Crypto underscore Unplugged. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like and review us. And thanks again for listening to Crypto Unplugged.